0: Welcome to the podcast, Boundaries 101. This is part two. Because we had such an incredible response to boundaries and the ancestral traits and our familial traits, I'm going to focus a little bit more there, especially as we come on to the holiday season. And there's something about the holidays that bring people to the edge. Sometimes a people... Our most difficult to set boundaries with are those that we are the closest to. And that's family and friends and people that we've known for a long time, because as we begin to change, we are not the same people and they're used to doing the same thing. So once you learn to set some boundaries, it really does empower you and makes your relationships a lot better because people just won't cross the line. And if they do cross the line, you know how to handle it. And the relationship is either going to go away because the person doesn't respect you or they're going to respect you. And most of the time they respect you and you teach them something very important. And that's to respect their own, yeah, their own selves. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I got my English correct. So even if your family is relatively happy and functional, there are still members of our families that cross our lines, our boundaries. And this means those who treat you in a way that you would not really like to be treated. If there are members of your family that are difficult and being difficult and that affect your happiness, it's time to set some boundaries for those difficult family members. And I'm going to give you some pointers to do that. But remember this, family members are also people that have been with us since before we were born they're part of our ancestry and that can be very triggering for us and a trigger is a stimulus and we don't even know that it's happening sometimes we even anticipate it we're just waiting for it and that person says or does something that elicits an emotional response within us that is not positive it's typically negative Here are some of our pointers. Number one, you need to value yourself, which means you value your time. You're important and you deserve to be treated well. If the people around you don't appreciate and respect you, family or otherwise, ask yourself whether you actually want to spend time with them and then ask yourself how much time you want to spend with them. You get to choose what you do, with whom, and when. Your time is important. Your time is precious. And if you don't value how you spend it, nobody else will either. That means setting limits with lovers who tell you they'll be there at five o'clock and they show up at seven, or they set a date with you and they say sometime after five and they roll in at nine. That's not okay. You could have been doing something for those four hours. And when you let somebody treat you like that, You put them as a priority above yourself. Set your boundaries. I'll be there somewhere, you know, after five. Well, can you tell me exactly when? Because there are things that I'm going to want to do. You have every right to ask that question. So pay attention to that. And that means you need to respect the time of others as well. Don't be sloppy with your time. Time is very precious. You need to give yourself permission to do what's right and what's best for you. Cultural and family norms imply that we're supposed to spend our holidays with our families. And if we don't, that something is wrong with us. And if your family is toxic and your familial relationships are abusive and your relatives hurt you, you have the right to not engage in that. It's important to have healthy boundaries, even during the holidays, especially during the holidays, regardless of whether or not others understand and accept them. Limiting time with toxic people is actually an act of self-love. So you hear me say in po- in the first podcast on boundaries, it isn't mean to set a boundary. You're not being mean. That's someone trying to manipulate you because you have said, Hey, I realize something. This doesn't feel very good to me. And therefore, I'm going to draw a line. I'm only going to give you so much of my time and attention. And I'm only going to give you access in the way that I want to give you access. And by the way, if you treat me poorly, I'm probably not going to show up at all. And that's okay. I have that right. Don't be tied by people trying to guilt you. Recognize what's going on. Take a deep breath, exhale, keep on breathing, and walk right through it. Use your breath to connect you with the way that you're feeling and thinking. And as you breathe out, let those negative emotions go. When you breathe in, you breathe in light and you let it fill your body and cleanse you. And keep exhaling. Until in your mind's eye, everything you exhale and inhale is white light and nothing else. You'll feel a lot better, especially if you do the 4-7 breathing. All right, now we have to know this. This is a very important one. You have to know yourself. You have to know your triggers. This is why I always say, you have to know you. A trigger is that thing that creates a reaction within us. It's a stimulus response. And even just the slight innuendo, or sometimes the sight of a family member, triggers us. And the smell, or their voice, I'm telling you, it goes way, way back, and there's a memory there. Triggers are different for everybody, but the most important thing is that we know what our triggers are, and then we handle them, and we anticipate what can happen. This is how we begin to master our emotions and our minds, and this is going to change the circumstance and the situation and the reality and the way everybody reacts to you, period. It's up to you. I knew a friend who was molested by her uncle. The family didn't do anything about it. They knew about it. They didn't do anything about it because it wasn't, quote unquote, that bad. Because, of course, it didn't happen to them. And they tried to poo poo it. And for many reasons, you know, it was going to destroy the family, destroy him, you know, destroy the relationships. And nobody thought about the destroy that it would have on her and her mind, her emotions, and her relationships in the future. She was just supposed to get over it. And if she smelled a cigarette, mixed with his cologne that he would wear. It would literally make her go into overload. She would freeze and then she would vomit because she was holding that in. And she began to go to therapy. I actually met her through one of my workshops about 15 years ago called Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. And what she was really hung up on was the betrayal of her mother because her mother knew about it. It was her mother's brother. How could they do something like that to her? And she would show up at these family events, and it always wound up her being enraged and outraged. And it was the same cycle over and over again. And we began to work through that pain together. And I can't even remember what I told her. But the second day of the workshop, after lunch, she walked up to me, and she said something And I'll tell you, it was not me. It was whatever works through me, the God force, because the information that I gave her triggered something, released it. She started to cry and she said, I've never seen it that way before. When she showed up at the next holiday, her uncle was there and she didn't freeze and she didn't vomit when she smelled the cigarette smoke and his cologne. And she was able to walk in as a different person. Her spine was straight. She held her head high and it changed everything, the whole interaction. It was as if she had conquered something, her own kingdom, if you will, and everyone else became subject to that. And I will go into this on another podcast and I'll talk about it a lot more. But this is how we begin to master our emotions and our minds. And that changes the circumstance. Triggers can be watching your parents gift your sibling expensive gifts while your sister whispers to her partner that your parents always give you less. And we're one step ahead of our triggers if we can know what they are. What the emotions are going to feel like when they come up, how you can best take care of yourself, how you can plan to respond or not respond. I like to pre-plan for an event. So I would practice in my head or talk it through with a friend and I'd get comfortable saying no and drawing a boundary and taking care of myself. I began to empower myself to a place where I didn't have to react to those things. I didn't have to react to those personalities and I viewed it very differently. And if I didn't want to show up, I didn't. And if I wanted to limit my time because I wanted to be in a different place with different people, I allowed myself to do that. You can often feel really crowded. Somebody can use really inflammatory language and their tone can be alarming and it can trigger just that tone where you feel there's anger and accusation behind it. So be prepared. If you, you see it, get up and go to the bathroom and start your breathing. Or start typing you know, in a Word document on your phone the way that you're feeling. Remember, you don't have to participate in anything that you don't want to, including somebody speaking to you with a tone. Whatever you do, don't lose your head. Being prepared makes sure that these situations are less stressful. Draw a line. You can say, please don't speak to me like that. I don't really like your tone. Or you can just back up and walk away. People get it and they can push your boundaries. So be clear about what you need and be willing to communicate your needs. Having your boundaries firmly in place before you show up is really important. I will practice this in my head, my clients practice it in their heads, and If you can't do it in your head, write it down. Ask yourself, what do you need? How are you going to communicate? For example, sometimes we have to plan that the family member that's the most difficult comes over after everything is prepped. So 30 to 45 minutes before you sit down to eat, for example, that way you don't have a lot of interaction with them and you don't get too drunk so that you can actually cook the dinner because you have to deal with them. And ask yourself, how much time do you want to spend with your family? That's going to change the situation because if it's about how much time you want to spend, that means you need to go to their house. You don't need 40 people in your house. And with COVID, you're not even allowed that. Because when you can get up and leave when you're ready, that's empowering. Let it be okay that you want to spend part of the holidays with friends, that you want to spend it alone, that maybe you want to go on a hike. Maybe you want to go to a movie. Spend time in meditation on a holiday. Some people go to the gym. They blow off stress before or after. Don't be afraid to release your energy before, after, and even during. Go for a walk. You don't want to be with the family at the holiday season, and you instead want to be with your friends. That's 100% okay. It's your life, your time. You do it your way. And once you've identified your limits, you have to communicate them clearly and kindly. And in Boundaries 101, the first part, I tell you, you might have to just use your feet and walk away. If your family members don't have a filter or any regard for you and others, and they create dramas, you have that right to not participate. You have the right to not listen. You have the right to not be that sounding board. If those conversations are dominated, they're one-sided Exit the conversation if you're not comfortable. And it's important that we learn to practice saying no. When we're dealing with family members, especially parents, the word no is typically something that wasn't allowed. We had to go along with what family wanted us to do. And so we have habits of trying to please and do things that our family members want us to do, and we don't want to do them. And this is not our family's fault. It's just how it was set up. And instead of us recognizing it and changing it, we've continued to do the same things over and over again, instead of making the change to make it better. So not all no's are the same. For example, we're all different. We have a soft no, and that's easier than a hard no. Sometimes like, "Mm, I don't know, I have to check, you know, I'll, I'll look at my calendar, okay? I'll text you, and then you don't do anything. And you have to know that a soft no leaves potential for a yes in the future. And that can be telegraphed to somebody and they think that there's a door that's being left open. So maybe they're going to push on it a lot harder and that'll push your boundaries and pushing your boundaries without making you feel uncomfortable is okay. Pushing your boundaries where you feel uncomfortable, that's going to turn into a, you know, I just don't know. I'm going to have to check, okay? Just give me until the end of the month or whatever it is that you're going to say. Be prepared. Soft no, mm, I don't know, let me check. They push your boundaries. I told you, I really don't know. I'll let you know, okay? And if they push you some more, just go, you know what? This doesn't sound like something I want to do. They won't ever do that again, because it means that that is a hard no. And they know that they probably shut a door that could be long term. So sorry, I already have plans. And no, thank you. Those are hard no's. You say, please stop talking to me in that tone. Please stop talking to me altogether or I'm leaving. Those are hard no's. People need to know when they are overstepping their boundaries. You know, I don't really think that that's any of your business or, I'm sorry, I don't discuss things like that with people. That's my private life. What you need to know is a different circumstance for each circumstance. There's always one thing for one person, one thing for another person, and you have to know where your firm boundaries are and you have to know where you're going to be hard nosed, and you're going to have to know where you're going to be soft nosed. Never give people the ability to bash your boundaries. Typically, people are looking for a no that is more finite. And when you start to practice over and over, you get better for advocating for yourself. And when you get better at advocating for yourself, you become more confident. And when you become more confident, You find that your energy changes, and people don't even want to bash your boundaries because they already know they're going to get the hard no. It teaches people energetically that you set limits to what you will allow them to do and how much access they have to you. Setting your boundaries not only makes you feel stronger, but setting boundaries communicates that you know your needs and you are absolutely not afraid to state them. Don't be scared. Just say no. Isn't that some kind of like drug thing? Yeah. Anyway, that's actually not a bad thing. Just say no, no. Practice that in the mirror. No, no. No, I don't think so. Just practice. As uncomfortable as it may feel, boundaries are good for relationships. Boundaries are great for relationships. They're healthier that way. You feel respected, they feel respected. A lot less resentment happens between people who have boundaries and do not let their significant other bash them. And if your significant other or you can't handle it, maybe that's not the relationship for you. Or maybe you need to learn a little bit more respect. We don't know. I don't know the situation. But a simple no thank you and moving away from a person telegraphs that you're done You're not participating in that conversation and behavior. And trust me, they feel it. The holidays can be really challenging. Families come with all kinds of interesting behaviors and rituals. And they have expectations. And when we add food and alcohol and blame and shame and embarrassment, the list goes on. You need to know ahead of time how you plan on handling them. Go for a walk. Listen to music. Have a friend stand by on text if they can while you vent. Or get on the phone with them and vent. Journal on your phone. Deep breathe. Check out and put a movie on. Get into your meditative state while you're checking out, watching the movie. No one's even going to know. They think you're watching the movie. Or go outside. Find the dog. Find the cat. Do something other than engage. Remove your focus from the people that try and bash your boundaries. Remove your focus from the trigger. Go to your car, make a call, bring a friend with you for support, or skip the whole damn thing altogether. Go to Lake Tahoe instead. You're not required to participate in anything toxic. And setting the boundary to not participate allows you to go skiing and allows you to go to Hawaii instead. Or you can go out to dinner, and then you can show up after everyone's had dinner. Some families are going to make Some people feel slightly threatened if you say a hard or a soft no. Still, you need to intimate that there is a consequence and that you will not participate in this. And they try and give you, oh, there's going to be a consequence if you don't participate with us. Take the consequence. It's your freedom. The freedom is your consequence. It's absolutely allowing you to be who you are and express who you are. Consequence, I'll take it. It's worth the price of my freedom. Remember, nothing that they do, nothing that they think or say harms you unless you let them. By allowing that trigger to release those chemicals and you get into that feeling and then a state. And if you get cut out of the will for setting boundaries... The result is still priceless because freedom doesn't have a price. You're free to do as you choose. Allow yourself the freedom to say no, a hard no or a soft no with a follow-up. Physically, move away from it if you don't like it. Leave the conversation. That's your right. Remember, we have the right to set boundaries. I hope this podcast helps you navigate things a little bit more. If you have issues with boundaries and family and feelings that you do not want to participate in with people because it's been toxic or it's been harmful, I fully support you. If you need to talk to a therapist, there are several therapists out there. You can always message me, direct message me, and I can probably refer somebody to you. Anyway. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please share it. Please clap for it. Please subscribe. And please make sure that you have your boundaries and make the world a better place.